Welcome to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we bring you awareness and actionable insight. My guest today is Christina Eanes. Christina is a former FBI criminal analyst and senior manager, now author, speaker, and podcast and YouTube channel host, and self-improvement guru. Christina specializes in super achieving and is on a mission to help others achieve more in life, mainly by getting out of their own way, and currently does this through her books, podcast series, professional development courses, and keynote speeches. Please join me in welcoming Christina Eanes. Christina, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's so good for you to be here. So, you know, I always start the uh, podcast by helping my audience get to know a little bit more about people. And so let me ask you a question to get you going. What is one thing you can share that the people who believe they really know you best, who would say, I know everything about Christina. I've been on trips with her. I know you've been to almost like 500 escape rooms and whatnot, right? I know all this (laughs) stuff. What is one thing you can share that even those folks would say they don't know about you yet. Huh. I don't know. Cause I pretty just let it all out there. Um, uh, about, okay. Uh, when, you know, when you do go through those, the classroom exercises of you share a unique thing about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I normally share as, as eight, let's see, age 15, I was both a ski and tennis instructor. Hmm. Age what? 15. 15, One 15 five. years old. Wow. Yep. Wow. How, how did you arrive at that point? Uh, so uh, my father, of course, played tennis and skied. He was a, a teacher. Okay. So um, I was skiing since age five every wow. weekend. Of course, wow. I haven't skied since I was 18. Um, but then I also got into tennis and I was a tennis player, uh, a junior tennis player, started playing at the national level. And then once college hit, I was I just was excited just to get to college, not to play sports anymore. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Now, you know, your latest book, Life in His Escape Room, Applying Lessons Learned from Successful Escape Elites to Achieving More in Life. We, we've got to dive deep into this one, right? Because I went to like one escape room, I think about two years ago. My wife and I were in Florida. She had gone on the previous trip with some friends and she said, hey, went to this escape room, want to go to it, want to check it out. Um, we failed. We didn't make it out. Okay. So, so I've been to one, but, but you've been to like 500 nearly almost, almost. Yep. and you've created a, a concept around this in terms of helping others. So one, t- tell me how it came to be true that you've gotten to nearly 500 escape rooms. Let's start there. <laughs> okay. All right. So it was actually my daughter's 21st birthday and I thought she'd want to go to Vegas. Uh, but no, she wanted to go to Harry Potter world in Orlando. So we took her, my husband and I, uh, my son had uh, just joined the army. So he was in the army uh, doing things. So it was just the three of us. And we had a, a day that we didn't have anything scheduled. We'd already been to Harry Potter world, all that good stuff. We were looking around for things to do. And she's like, there's an escape room nearby. Let's go do that. And I'm like, huh. that sounds stupid. <laughs> doing a bunch of puzzles locked in a room. Yeah. I can do puzzles here in the hotel room. What? <laughs> So we ended up going because it was her birthday and we, why not try right, something exactly. new? Yeah. And uh, 500 later, no, we, we got hooked. Uh, so we went back the next day and did three more. And then my daughter's actually done over 100 with us. But wow. my husband and I have done them in 20 countries, about 22 states at this point. So literally, it's almost like when you when you go to a different country on vacation and whatnot, you are looking for escape rooms at this point. Yeah, we actually don't call it vacation anymore. It's escape. 
Escapecations. Escapecations. <laughs> and es- I love the title. Did you come up with this? Escape Alets? Is that your, no, your word? Escape Elites. Escape Elites. So Excuse like me. Sorry. Escape Room Athletes. Escape Room Athletes. Okay. Yes. Well, because it's like uh, we thought about it in much like life yeah. for escape rooms. You need to uh, build up your endurance because we used to only be able to do one or two a day. We've done nine in a day. Right. You have to really plan out how you use your energy levels. You have to really make sure and optimize your brain. So it was it's almost like training for an athletic event because both of us are athletes, you know, from our former lives. Right. Um, and so we thought, hey, the escape room athletes escape wow. leads. <laughs> wow wow now i um before we jump into this i want to i want to talk a little bit about your transition because i'm always interested in career transitions i personally have yes. you know i grew up in piece of finance and human resources then i jumped over mm-hmm. to the revenue side of the PL and the credit card business insurance business and further in kind of legal slash uh, finance kind of industries right yes talk about going from FBI violent crime. By the way, I'm mm-hmm. I'm in the FBI show. I'm on it, right? So I watch all those shows. So, <laughs> right. Um, but talk about jumping from that into the self improvement arena. What drove that transition? So it seems um, disjointed, right? If you will, it seems wow. But but uh, so growing up, I referred to my father was a teacher mm-hmm. and a principal. Uh, so I already kind of had that uh, at home, that training, that continuous growth kind of mindset, essentially. Um, and then when I went into the field of law enforcement as an analyst, not uh, an officer or an agent, um, but I, I fell in love with it because it was like it was like solving puzzles, mm, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and on the side. I've always done something training growth related. So I actually taught mm. college right out of college. I taught college in criminal justice and crime analysis oh, interesting. right out of the gate. So I've done that forever. Once I got into the FBI and I had done violent crime analysis for, it was seven years, I believe. Interesting. Um, I started looking around because there was no way to get promoted in the unit mm-hmm. um, unless you moved up and out of it. Right. And I thought, okay, well, one, I probably don't want to do violent crime for my whole career because I'm constantly looking for bodies along the side of the road. And I know I laugh, but (laughs) I can't help it. Um, So I did actually stop looking for bodies about five years ago. Uh Yeah. But I thought, okay, I want to get promoted. Um, I want to move up. I want to grow. I want to do other things. So at the time they were forming the then, uh, which is now the leadership development program. Um, So I wheedled my way into that and I started, I was a supervisor, so I had got promoted. Um, I had a couple of teams of folks under me and I fell so much in love with everything that we were doing. We were teaching emotional intelligence. We were doing all kinds of assessments, teaching coaching feedback. I fell so much in love with that, that once my kids left the house, my husband's government, I thought, Hmm. okay, well, I kind of started out as an entrepreneur as a kid. So I'm going to go back and do my own business and there's no limits now. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Uh, the sky is the limit for helping people grow, as, as you can see from all my different brands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so how long did you spend um, in the FBI officially? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. Wow. That's yeah, a, that's uh, a... five years at a local police department before then. Yeah. And, and yeah. the, um, and and you... sorry, and what was your undergrad in? So I have a undergrad in criminal justice. I have a master's in criminal justice leadership, and then I have another master's in education. What a journey. And that's what one yeah. of the things I love about uh, careers is, um, you know, they're not always uh, linear, right? I mean, usually yeah. they're not linear, right? P- people tend to think of them as linear, but the 
the interwoven parts and the tapestry that takes place is so interesting. So thank you for sharing that. So now help me understand this, this piece around again, life is an escape room, applying those (laughs) lessons learned to escape elites. Am I saying it right? Escape leads, escape leads. All right. I'm going to get that right. I don't want to offend this community. I'm going to get this right. Okay. Um, Escapee. See, I had to wear my shirt. I love this. I love this. For those of you listening to audio, you got to watch the video. She's got t-shirts. Okay. Um, So for escape leads, talk to me about, before we go into these lessons learned, talk to me about what application has felt like so far to those you've brought into the community, either individually or corporately. What's that felt? what, What has that felt like? Oh wow! So it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. At first, we were just doing them just for the pure joy of doing them, and and, and then the challenge, right? Keep that brain young, keep it focused. Um, but then, as we were getting through, and we were focusing, um, focusing, facing, like the same issues would pop up or challenges over and over again. And then I started applying my professional personal development mindset on it, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is perfect opportunity. It's a safe space to work on things that we want to work on individually. I mean, right. traditionally escape rooms have been used um, in corporate team building, right? But this I was realizing is great for the individual. Mm. Um, and if so, of course, like all of my things that I do, I have to turn it into a book, a speech, a workshop. Right. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> um, but I, I noticed that. So uh, it was a journey, right? So I got interested in escape rooms, started realizing you could learn from them. So I started using them as stories in my speeches and workshops. Gotcha. Yeah. And then it evolved and evolved and we started working on it and developing our own like personal development plans through escape rooms. And I realized, okay, let's turn this into a book, a yes, speech. Yes. Yeah. Do it, formalize yeah. it. And so now, that's kind of how it evolved. And, and when you say, you know, using it for personal development, what would those who, you know, when you think about that, always think about the from and to, right? Yeah. Um, what, what has been, what is, what are some of the transformational stories like for folks oh. who are applying these techniques? And you, you guide me here. If it's better to talk about the, the secret sauce first, that's cool. Or if you mm-hmm. want to talk about a story first, wh- whichever way works for you. So many lessons. Uh, so for one, the one that you mentioned earlier about not getting out of the escape room. Yeah. So a lesson right there is how well do you deal with failure? Because it is a very important part of life, Mm -hmm. right? So how the the going through all of the thoughts and processes that go through your head and the emotions that pop up when you don't meet that quote unquote challenge that was put forth, right? Really paying attention to the voice that comes up, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the individual's past, you know, like you said, they're, uh, they're scar tissue, right? right? Um, uh, Maybe it could have been, oh, I'm so stupid or... Um, it could have been, oh, they're so stupid. It was a stupid game or or, those things that pop up in your head and, uh, just first turning that into a lesson, right. For how am I doing it failure? Am I blaming others or am I beating myself up or am I turning it into a learning experience? So that would, that would be like one of so many lessons. One that really pops up for us quite a bit along those lines is when you look up at the clock, you've got five minutes left. And you look around and there's about 20 different, you think there's about 20 different puzzles you still have to solve. Right. Then much like in life, what do we do? I get all stressed and anxious and uh, which means you can't focus. Yes. Right. Yes. So, but one thing that we've been training ourselves is, look, you've still got five minutes. Are you going to spend that time worrying, stressing, biting each other's heads off? Right. <laughs> or are you going to take a minute, calm down, relax, realize you're going to have that reaction in life, realize that you can't control that timer, but you can control the fun that you're going to have in that, that remaining four and a half minutes now. Yeah. And so it's amazing how, how much longer mm. that four minutes seems and how 
often you can actually be successful if you just buckle down and keep going. Mm. And then of course we reply that to apply that to life, right? Let's say you leave 10 minutes late to get somewhere and you are stressed and there's traffic and you're freaking out. Okay. Well, I have to get there. So am I going to show up all frustrated and stressed and bite people's heads off? Or am I going to use this time to chill out and relax? Cause I really just can't control that. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. So I'm good. just many, many parallels there. So picking up on the points you made around, for example, the, how you handle failure, right. And the mm-hmm. piece around the potential panic few minutes left and you know you think you have 20 things to do right but can you really focus on what's important when you think about the application of these things for leaders right mm-hmm. as an example um h- how have you coach leaders in terms of applying those things in practical moments uh yeah so uh i will actually bring escape boxes into workshops mm. when we talk about leadership Um, In particular, there's a personality assessment that I put people through and then also emotional intelligence assessment. And when we combine all of those and we start talking about the learning, then I actually put it into because it's all it's great to be talk. Oh, yeah. When I get in those tense situations, I handle them fine. I'm cool, calm and collected. Really? Okay. (laughs) so let's put this escape box in front of you and have you guys work together as a team. Mm. And so uh, we'll see how people react. Right. So some people will jump in and start ordering others around. Right. Because they want to get that done and get it over with. And um, others will step back and take more of a guiding coaching kind of it's fascinating to watch. Right. And then once they get done with the experience, whether they escape the box or not, um, it's fascinating to do a debrief on how things went um, as far as, okay, so you jumped in and started ordering each other, ordering others around when you got down to a time crunch. Right. How do you think that plays out in the real world? Right. You know, do you have people who don't maybe want to be ordered around? Maybe they have an opinion and want to share it. Maybe they know a better way of doing it. You know, are you letting your people speak up? Right. And and it's funny then to have those people look at the person and say, yep, this is how he or she shows up in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or that person that steps back and starts coaching others. You'll often find, okay, that's, that's a, a real transformational leader and that's how they show up in the workforce. Yes. So we'll, we'll have that conversation yes. right at the end on um, how are you showing up to others like in meetings yeah. or when you have a time crunch. And it's funny, it's a thing that we used to say in the mm. FBI's leadership development program is, do you have a team that's ready and refreshed and energized to, to get to tackle that next mission? Or did you accomplish the mission, but then there's scorched earth and burned bodies in your path? Yes. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. very much similar with the leadership and escape rooms because yeah. your personality comes out and the competitiveness, uh, if you have it and that kind of stuff just comes out just clear as day. And yes. it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. What I love about what you're saying about this application is um, taking something that is, is fun and uh, personally an adventure and the application, yeah. right? Because it makes me think about a couple of things that we can do in a workplace. Sometimes we can take things like a disc or a Hogan's or a Enneagram and we can yeah. talk about it. And we talk about the, the things that are very applicable by the way, such as communication dynamics, yeah. right in the disc and, and how the, uh, the dominant uh, nature of a disc and the S might clash. Right. And so what yeah. do we need to do and how we need to flex and, and so on and so forth. But they're not necessarily pressure tested during those exercises. Right. So it's, yep. it's going to talk about, and maybe, maybe the facilitator has an example or two and you go, yeah, <laughs> can you think of a time? But what you're doing is dropping in this experiment 
Yes. And people get, um, I can imagine, right? You get in that moment with a good experiment mm-hmm. and you forget it's an experiment. Right? <laughs> yes, you, 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 do. Right? you get going and it's like, yep. this is real. And all these things and then, happen, right? And then you call time and they're like, okay, what just happened oh. here? What did I just do? Right? <laughs> it reminds did me I of like, did I just say that out loud? Did I just do that? Right? Um, it's yeah. so funny because like during this time, like, like everyone else, we did some binge watching and we binge watched um, some of The Amazing Race. And uh-huh. one of the things about the amazing race that was so interesting to us is there's almost like a formula of the different type of partners they bring on. Right. And without exception, almost every season is a couple or two who are trying to like mend their relationship or figure out if they're going to get married and whatnot. Right. Uh-huh. And the first leg is always, we're so excited to be on an amazing race. They get in their car. They're excited. They're flying off to the first country by uh-huh. the second or third leg. When that pressure hits, somebody pops off, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And and then the rest of the episodes, they're like, you know, they're, they're talking individually in the interviews. I don't know if I can do this, if that person doesn't, right? And so yeah. you watch it. And then by the end, what's so beautiful is they're talking about what they really learned with each other, right? Yeah. And it seems like in most cases, they're going to work through it. But that mm-hmm. pressure, doing that, that whole race, force them to really learn more deeply about each other in a condensed period of time. Right. Yeah. 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 Anytime you can involve um, emotions, right. And uh, along with thoughts and experiences, it's going to be more of a visceral learning experience for folks. They're going to remember the next time they start in and uh, standing up and ordering people around in that meeting. Oh, wait a minute. I did this in that escape box experience. Maybe I need to stop and ask questions and get people's opinions first. Yeah, no, I t- totally <laughs> yeah. get it. Totally get it. So what are the three key lessons that people can learn from escape rooms? I know there's a big three you focus on. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of them, but the main ones are first perception, right? It really puts in your face how your perception creates your reality. Um And escape rooms are specifically built knowing the different cognitive biases Mm. and use them against you. Mm. So it helps you train yourself to get around some of those cognitive biases and realize and question the beliefs that you've created that create your reality. So that's one. The second one is emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is all about um, awareness of our emotions, right? And how they impact us, managing them, how we can best manage them awareness of others' emotions and how to best um, interact with them in order to have the most successful outcome. That is huge. There's a lot of emotions yeah. that come up in escape rooms. Sure. <laughs> yes. And I've actually uh, taught my husband a few of the tools, which is funny, he goes and teaches them to everyone at his work, which I love uh, the ripple effect there, Yes. Um, on how to manage our emotions so that we're not biting each other's heads off <laughs> when it does get down to the wire. Um, and then the third one is communication. Yes. Right. And that kind of combines the perception and the emotional intelligence because that affects how we communicate with others. And uh, realizing that, especially if someone's coming from a completely different perception, like my husband's opposite personality type than I am, we realize uh, through our communications, for example, I need to give more details to him. He needs to give more big picture to me. And so we've learned in escape rooms the best way to communicate, which we brought into our personal life. So not mm. only do they help you at work, but they help you personally too. Yeah. So perception, emotional intelligence, and communication. That's good. The peck. Yeah. Call it. You mentioned earlier the um, the tests, like we talked about, right? The different mm-hmm. uh, personality type tests. Are there ones that you find yourself attaching your exercises to more often than not? 
Yes. Um, I am a big fan of Discovery Insights. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Mm-mm. It's based on Jungian, Carl Jung's work, right? Okay. Just like MBTI and stuff with your extrovert, introvert, thinking, feeling, uh, intuition, sensation. Got it. But it delivers it in such a way that it's memorable. It's based on colors. I know there's several systems that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reports that you get, it's, I cannot, <laughs> the amount of people that are like, have you been watching me? <laughs> did you <laughs> did you dive into my history? The, the, what they pull from putting words in order 25 times is amazing. And it's just a great way. It brings a common language. Yeah. For others. Yes. Um, and so we actually play that out in, it's funny. I was um, actually, I was in St. Louis. I was delivering insights to a leadership group of uh, managers uh-huh. and we went and just for fun went and did an escape room after the uh the thing and it was funny because they're like oh you're being really red right now could you pull in some green so they were already mm. using the language after using it for just a couple of uh, of hours ahead of time yeah so is <laughs> yeah. your is your model then with teams to do the personality uh, piece first then the exercise and then debrief incorporating the personality piece showing them what they did in the escape room. Is that kind of your, your, uh, cadence, yeah, if, you well, if I can, if I can get a group, which I love, uh, we, we go through the different layers. So that, that first layer, well, we talk about beliefs and perception. So right. that's the core, right. Then the layer on top of that is personality. So we put them through an assessment and we discuss personality and how that affects how they interact with others. Um, we, we have a little fun with escape rooms to bring it to, as a, to an experience to real life, uh, debrief that on how it relates to how they're showing up at work and home. Then if I can get a client to put another layer on that of emotional intelligence, cause that's essentially, you know, the, the next layer, uh, there's another assessment that I use. It's the EQI 2.0 and an EQ 360, if yeah. I can get them to do that. And then we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talk about all of them combined. Okay. Let's look at your personality with your emotional intelligence. How are you showing up in the world? How is that impacting others? Is it getting in your way? Um, you know, yeah. what it, what it uh, brings to mind is uh, that, that adage, right? Practice makes permanent. And it yeah. takes, again, it takes the, all those things we've learned through, like you said, MBTI and, and DISC and whatnot, and again, and, and pressure test it. And it feels like something you want to do again, more than once, right? Because yes. in the moment is tough doing crises, right? I've been through a few and I think about, um, you know, some, some I've performed as well, you know, well in, and, and, and a, and a couple, I go, Ooh, uh, uh-huh. th- th- I learned a lot in that one. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, this is really good. T- talk about the emotional intelligence piece as We kind of start to wrap up a little bit. When you think about that, that emotional intelligence piece, I, I think it's a piece we've all focused on more over the last mm-hmm. 10 years, right? Such good books on it and whatnot. You, oh, one yeah. of the things you said is your husband lo- loves to take that back to his place of work. And talk about a few of the tools. I'm just curious, which ones does he tend to focus on? So there's one in particular that I've taught him that I love. It's the rational defensive continuum. If you Google it, there's probably a video up on YouTube on it, Um, but it's a triangle. Mm -hmm. And it's um, when we're at the bottom of the triangle, we're cool, calm and collected. And we're in that rational part of our brains. But I think of a little continuum up at the middle of the triangle and I'm doing a, uh, for those that are listening audio wise, I'm doing a triangle with my fingers. There's a continuum at the middle. And as we get emotionally charged in some form or fashion, uh, we work our way up that triangle. And as the sides of the triangle narrow, so does our ability to respond and be aware of things that are happening in life, mm-hmm. right? To the top of the triangle, we're in complete amygdala hijack, fight or flight mode. Yes. So I I, I taught my husband the putting of the f- two fingers together, the thumbs and the, the 
what, pointer fingers to create a triangle. And what we do is when we're in, in an escape room, we first of all remind each other, our goal here is to have fun. It's not to escape, actually. Mm-hmm. That's what we do 97% of the time. But it's to enjoy the experience and learn and challenge ourselves and just have fun. Yeah. Uh, so when one of us gets a little snippy, shall you say, the other one will flash a triangle. And that's a signal that, okay, my emotions are getting the best of me. I'm going to take a moment and mm. chill out because that's the way I can bring myself down to, towards the bottom of that triangle. Yes. Uh, and that's another way for us to communicate, okay, I'm getting a little uh, upset or nervous or scared because there's times where uh, we've been locked in coffins. We've been in complete darkness. So, of course, we had to verbally communicate that, you know, we're, we're getting a little charged here. I need a moment to breathe yes. through things. Um, but it's just a great way to communicate, uh, one, that you're noticing someone else's feelings are kind of getting in the way and maybe they need a break or to let them know that, okay, my feelings are kind of getting in the way here, then I need a break. Just don't talk to me. Go do what you got to do. And I'll be back in the game in a minute. Excellent. Well, Christina, I think this is, um, you know, really wonderful information in terms of the practical application of tools we've Mm -hmm. used for so long, right. In organizations individually and uh, as leaders to, to build greater teams. But I love that again, the idea of pressure testing and, and uh, again, practice makes permanent and hopefully leaders can uh, utilize this. If folks want to reach out to you to leverage and be bold (laughs) and become (laughs) an escape lead, is yes. that right? Excellent. Okay. Uh, how should they best reach out to you? Uh, my main site is christinaeans.com. Um, but for each of the books, I have a site. Like this one would be lifeisanescaperoom.com. But christinaeans.com would be the main main point. Absolutely. And we'll have all this in the show notes, people, and on our, on our website, as always. And uh, Christina, I just want to thank you for sharing all this great knowledge with our audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And Coraline Solution audience, as always, these are our thoughts. Love to hear yours. So wherever you're watching or listening, please drop something in the comments and we'll respond. As always, you are informed. And so now you can be accountable and take action. See you next time.